Ball comes in to Harkless. Turn, shoots a three, air ball. Noel grabs it. Noel loses it. Noel gets it back. He shoots a free from the corner. Oh! And he makes it! Shane Noel ties the game at the buzzer! Step back one-legged. What kind of shot is that? Have you ever shot that shot? Do you work on that shot? Win. Smith going to bring the ball back out. That's smart basketball. And That's a jump. the Rebels try to tie him That's up. They call a foul. That's a terrible call. EJ Harkless is furious and Kevin Kruger looking at the official as if to say, that's three. I just read his lips. He said, that's three you've stolen from us. EJ Harkless reached in, grabbed the ball and tied up the player. And now they've called a technical foul. What a terrible I mean, call. They, they've got to they've got to address the officiating. I don't even like to get on officiating. I mean, officials, it, but I, I understand bad. the technical, but the technical no, was called caused by the official completely yeah. blew that yeah. call. You just crushed my dreams. Boom, sadness. That's the one. Man, UNLV might be an NCAA tournament team if it wasn't for the officiating all season. They're just out to get them. Um, oh, jeez. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> so a couple of things that I think are uh, important to get to. Danny? Nope. First off, we'll, we'll see what Danny wants us to do. Danny is not here, but he's got a request, and we might honor we might that do, request. We might not. Uh, but first thing, Shane Noel's game-tying three to force overtime. I, I, got a, I got a lot of things to get to. First off, out of a timeout, Kevin Kruger drew up a play down three, drew up a play for EJ Harkless to shoot a three. Harkless is a below thirty well, percent shooter. Was that he shot it so quickly? Did they think they were going to foul him? He he literally he Maybe? literally he literally caught it and spun and shot it right. Yeah. I don't even think he took. Did he, he did not. Dribble? I don't. I don't believe he dribbled either. I think they thought, oh, they're going to get fouled right away. I think I don't know. I I understand what you're saying about right. who shot the ball. You get the, the Justin Webster think, guy had made five threes think, in the game. I think that's why he shot. I'll just say yeah. I think that's why he yeah. shot it so fast. You know, drawing up for I was a like, good wow. shooter. Like if you went through the shooting percentage, Webster forty six, phenomenal year. I think McCabe was thirty eight or thirty nine. Um, Gilbert was thirty eight or thirty nine. He wasn't on the floor, and even Shane Noel was like thirty four percent. And then Harkless at twenty eight percent is the one that took the shot. That was, I thought, a bad design there. But offensive rebound Shane Noel gets it dribbles out to the corner kind of loses the ball and then chucks it up huge and it goes three. in that was huge the part that I loved he and his teammates celebrated like they won the game right they ran onto well, the court it was a, it was mobbed him in the corner shot, oh I've got I mean, no problem with it that I love that they did that the funniest part to me though was the UNLV assistant coaches trying to like wrangle them back yeah. in like guys we got to play overtime yeah. get the hell over here and Shane Noel's like don't care. Best moment of my career. I'm still celebrating. I don't care if we're going to overtime. How many how many shots had he taken before that? He had made a three before, so it was his second made three of the game. He had probably taken three or four okay. before right. then. So no, it was not but it was not his first shot. But Kevin Kruger did not sub from the seven forty four mark until he brought Shane Noel in for that play. Because he took out Milwaukee, who's obviously not a three point shooter. So Shane Noel, between 744 of game time, the amount of reviews that were in the final minute of that oh, game, man. Shane Noel probably hadn't been on the floor in 45 minutes. I think that's what Mike tweeted. I think yeah. Mike Ramallah tweeted like a, a, a minute number yeah. of how long it took him to get back on the floor. 
before he even took that shot. Completely cold. And by the way, got a weird rebound, tried to dribble out, lost the ball. It wasn't even like a catch and shoot. I'm in rhythm. Still it was made just it. the loose ball, pick it up and throw it up. Made it. Phenomenal shot. Phenomenal celebration. The other part of last night that I thought was hilarious. For the first time all season, the UNLV Run and Rebels had a student section cheering for them. It was Utah State. It was the Utah State student section. They didn't want to play boys. Cheering for UNLV they didn't because want Boise out. be a much easier path for them to the final if they had gotten to play UNLV. The loudest and honestly the only student section that has cheered for UNLV all season was not UNLV students. It was Utah State students. Oh, I think UNLV's had some crowds. Student they, section. Yeah, they, gave, they, away, they not, gave away free tuition. They must have had student sections those games. There are students there. They don't yeah. cheer. There has not that been is actually a, correct. There has not been a single game this year where the student section is, you know, standing the entire game, cheering with signs and doing the cheers with the band and all that. The Utah State student section was doing the cheers with the UNLV band. The Rebels cheer. The Utah State student section was doing that. Yep. The UNLV student section doesn't. They don't stand. They don't do that. They're just they're, sometimes there are people there, and that's it. The only time they've had a legitimate student section was Utah State cheering for them. Basketball is a little bit worse, but during UNLV football games, the student section will often have people sitting facing away from the field. <laughs> it's a long what? game. There's a lot of downtime in football. Downtime. Come on. You got downs and all this. You have got you timeouts. When you went to school. No, I never, because I was always covering the you're game. Always, so, well, yeah, you're yeah. always covering the game. Okay. You, right. Listen, you know when they're getting the kickoff, they're going to call a timeout before the first play, so you might Not as well anymore, turn around. Not anymore, my friend. <laughs> Not anymore. That has changed. I guarantee that has dramatically changed come next year. Dramatically changed. Yes. Mm. I don't think that happens anymore under Barry Odom. I hope not. If it does, oh, you gotta, you got to just fire him right away. Be like, we thought we got rid of this. <laughs> you're doing it too? Be unbelievable. All right. I got another hot take for you. Oh, here we go. All right. Did we give these numbers at the for, in the first day, first uh, segment? No, I, yeah, I gave all my numbers. All the numbers are out of here. This is just straight hot take for you because I know you are very much against Kevin Kruger being fired after this season, right? Oh, without question. Even though lots of completely stupid, lots of people on Twitter like to jump on and tell me well, he should be fired. Whatever. A lot of, but we, we get a lot of stuff on Twitter. Here's my hot take for you: UNLV cannot fire Kevin Kruger. Because Marcus Arroyo has not taken another job, they are oh, still paying. The they're still paying Arroyo's buyout because the way day. the way Arroyo's buyout is structured, he gets paid it's seventy five percent of his salary every month. So he gets a check from UNLV every month for seventy five percent of what his salary is. And his buyout was three plus. Well, it's it's just until he takes another job. Right, mm. but what was the total of the oh, buyout? If he doesn't take another job, three plus. It's like yeah, three million or something right. like that. So they're still sending Arroyo a check. As soon as he gets another job, that stops. The buyout completely ends. So because Arroyo hasn't taken another job yet, they're paying Barry Odom, they're paying Marcus Arroyo, and they're paying Kevin Kruger. If they were to fire Kevin Kruger, his buyout is structured the same way as Arroyo's. They would have to give him a check every month, and it's uh, roughly, it's not structured exactly the same, but it's a check every month until the life of his contract ends or until Kruger gets a job, a different uh, job. So... If they fired Kruger right now and then hired another coach, they would be paying Barry Odom, the new basketball coach, Marcus Arroyo, and Kevin Kruger. 
Hot take, they were never doing that anyway. Yeah, well, yeah. So maybe if we find if tomorrow Marcus Arroyo takes a job. No. Heads up. Not happening. Watch out. It's not happening. Nor and, should it, by the way. And they're going to have to give Lindy LaRock a raise. Well, Sam Gordon did say rip up that contract. I mean, you go 31-2. and two. <laughs> Should already been ripped. Should have been ripped up when they went eighteen and zero in Mountain West. Like, oh, this is the best season we've ever had. Why do I need to give it a raise? So that's my hot take for you. All even right. if even if Eric Harper wanted to, should I financially, the hot take? yeah, they should never do it anyway. Yeah, maybe. No, yeah, it's debatable. What Eddie's really. saying is that you can't rely on Marcus Arroyo to get another job. <laughs> Which, by the way, I that's yeah that's, surprising. That's surprising to me. that it went through a cycle. And he didn't get a, like an offensive, whatever offensive assistance job somewhere. And I, I honestly wonder how much is it that nobody really wanted to hire Arroyo or at least give him a job. Like I, he wasn't going to take the San Jose State running backs job or something. Well, he went to San Jose State, but like I can understand him not taking like a not deep down positional here, right. coach, right? But for him to get like an offensive coordinator job or a quarterback's coach job somewhere, I figured he would have gotten that. I wonder how much is it he didn't get a legitimate offer he liked versus, well, you know, if he's paying me, I might stick it to him a little bit by not getting a job anytime soon, making them pay me for a little while. I don't know. I like that. That's spiteful, and I kind of like spitefulness. So <laughs> You love being spiteful it's, to people. Yeah, I'm like, that's great. That's for Arroyo. So I'm like, that's the best thing Arroyo's done. <laughs> he's spiteful. It made UNLV pay him. So... I don't know. Maybe nobody wanted to hire him to an OC job, and he's like, well, I'm not coming back for a running backs job because I'm getting paid anyways. Exactly. Or maybe he's like, yeah, I got offered an OC job, but I'd rather make him sweat. I'll have an OC job next year. Hidden third option. He, the refer, whatever they'd call his references, it didn't come back real great. <laughs> Was Tyler on the references? <laughs> Well, no. Listen, if you're UNLV and you're on the references, you no, go. No, no, you're literally you're giving. You're like him he's the, the like, greatest coach ever. Always in early, yeah. never like. Oh, oh yeah, oh. because the checks will stop. Right. As soon as he gets another job, it's done. And so, so that's uh, there's my hot take. Ed doesn't like it. Um, let me ask you this: because the games tonight, can San Jose State win the Mountain West tournament? I'm gonna say no. Okay. I'm going to say no. Can they win tonight? You've been kind of down on San Diego State. Well, I've been down on San Diego State because of what I told you yesterday. I think sometimes, and it almost happened yesterday, when you're in and you know you're in, you don't have as much to play for. I mean, you're just playing for a seed. But I will say this about San Diego State. There's a lot of years they've already been in, and they always get to the final. Oh, yeah. Like 15 to 17 years. Like someone said that stat the other day. I'm like, is that true? Is that a real stat that they've been to the final that many times? They're the exact opposite of UNLV. Like UNLV can't get past the quarters in the Mountain West tournament. San Diego State is like we might have, they just put them in the finals. Like they're autumn, they're there all the time. They don't win it all the time, but they're always there. Yeah, they always exist there. San Jose State is playing in the semis for the first time ever. Last night was their first ever win in, the, or yesterday was their first ever win in the Mountain West tournament. It's unbelievable how good of a job Tim Miles does has done, and I kind of hope it pays off with at least a win over San Diego State. And they're playing cool. in, playing in the Mountain West It'd tournament. Be cool to watch them on yeah. TV tomorrow. Like that's a ridiculously bad like I'll, I'll give you here i got some more numbers for you last 10 years in the mountain west uh i want you to take a guess as to how many wins san jose state has in conference play over the last 10 years a decade worth of basketball how many conference wins does san jose state have i'll say an average of two a year jared you got a guess two a year 
So Ed's basically going with 20. I'm going to go with like seven They're, total. Well, they won more than seven this year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, no, did this year count? Yeah. Oh, that's my bad. All right. I'll say 26. 26. They are 31 and 147 okay. over the last 10 bad. years. That yeah. is a 17% winning percentage. San Diego State has won 136 games over the last 10 years. San Diego State has won more than 100 games more than San, than San Jose State. State in the last decade. They have finished on average. And this is in league. Yeah, just conference games. They have finished on average 10 games ahead of San Jose State over the last decade. They only play 18. And they finished on average 10 wow. games ahead of San Jose State. And to give you some more numbers here, um, here's I'll, I'll just give you the rankings, the Records in the Mountain West over the last decade. Number one, San Diego State. They've won 76% of their conference games. Number two, Boise State. Number three, Nevada. Number four, Utah State. Number five, Colorado State. Number six, Fresno State. Number seven is UNLV. Okay. Eighth, eighth is New Mexico. Ninth is Wyoming. Eleventh is Air Force. Or tenth is Air Force. Eleventh is San, San Jose State. State. Yep. So there's your, there's your decade-long standings. In the Mountain West, UNLV comes in at seven. And again, the only three to not go to the NCAA tournament in that span, UNLV, Air Force, and San Jose State. Only way it turns this year for San Jose State wins a few more years. But I, the game, I do think San Jose State, uh, their 20th last night, was it their 20th? I think they're going to the NIT. They should. The committee's, the, the, this NIT selection committee, that's a team you want because they're going to, they'll want to be in the NIT. Oh, yeah. Oh, they'll that's, do anything to get in it. That's the greatest yes. season in program history, yes, exactly. pretty much. So you want to put that team in because they want to be there. All right, coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas, it's Bischoff's Briefs. A couple of important notes. One, Ed is currently outside the studio talking on the phone. We'll see when Ed returns. But the most important part of the show, we have to give a shout-out to Miss Gray's fifth-grade class. Wonderful Danny is not here today. He is at a career day. And he is presenting to Miss Gray's fifth grade class. So, hello, fifth grade class of Miss Gray. Uh, we're happy to have uh, some listeners. Danny has brought us more listeners than we usually have. Best thing we've ever done, Jared. Best show that is we've this, ever done. Is this what we need to start doing? Just sending Danny to random schools? Yes, and with the radio and saying, please turn this on. And we'll give a shout out. It'll be great. So, hello, Miss Gray's fifth grade class. Thank you for listening. And uh, listen to Danny. So... Bischoff's briefs while Ed is still outside on the phone. I can wave to him. I think he's coming in, but he's still talking on the phone. Uh, Ed, you're back. We, you just missed our shout-out to Danny and Miss Gray's fifth-grade class. Uh, it just happened right now. I don't know. If, I assume, did Danny walk in with a radio? Or do you think he had it pulled up on his phone? I don't know. Okay. All right. But we got positive reviews we did. already. We so did. I'm, Danny I'm just said, they, thank you. They went nuts. That's, that is good. <laughs> I'm sorry, I apologize. Don't apologize. We're giving yeah. shout-outs to fifth-grade classes. It's yeah, all good. good. It's all good. So, you ready for Bischoff's Briefs? We haven't gotten through that yet? No, because I, I got an important question for you. Oh, no, here we go. Do you believe Kevin Kruger can get to the NCAA tournament next year? Actually, two-part question. Do you believe he can get there, and do you believe it's a NCAA tournament or fired-type situation? I believe, seeing what San Jose State has done... Um, and others have done, yeah, I believe he can. Um, I'd like to know who was on his team, but we're not going to know that for a while. So I believe he can, and I do believe it's probably NCAA or best. So do you think it'll be similar to Tony Sanchez's last year, where it was basically... Yeah, it was his fifth year. You have to go to a bowl right. game 
or we're fine. It doesn't matter if you come close, which right. they actually ended up with five wins that year. doesn't matter if you're, no, was it four that year? can't remember. doesn't matter if you come close, we're firing you if you don't get there, and that's it. It's black, it's black and white. I think he has gets. to get the NCAA tournament. I kind of think that'll be the case, too. Now, for me, the question is, so what does Kruger have to do to get to the NCAA tournament in year three? And it starts with the roster. And I think the very first thing he has to do is he has to identify on his current roster who is a useful piece of an NCAA tournament-level roster. And if you go through some of these, I think Luis Rodriguez can sort of be a bottom-tier starter or a top-tier bench player for an NCAA tournament-level team. I think the same for Keyshawn Gilbert. Ideally, you'd love for those guys to come off the bench, right? That'd be a great sixth and seventh man. But... If you have two or three really good starters, Keyshawn Gilbert and Luis Rodriguez can be your sort of fourth and fifth best starters, and that's two players that are useful for an NCAA tournament-level team. I think Justin Webster is a really good bench piece, right? He can shoot it really well. He's not a great defender, but he's not like a complete negative on that end of the floor. I think Justin Webster can be a useful bench player on an NCAA tournament-level team. And then you have Victory Waco and David Mawaka. To me, you only need one of them. You don't really need both. But one of those guys, perfectly fine as a backup center, right? You play 10 minutes a game or whatever it is, but only one of those guys. And I think that's it. I don't think Jackie Johnson, Keyshawn Hall, or Shane Noel really have that big of a role on an NCAA tournament level team. Maybe Noel could develop into more. He got some playing time late in the year. He actually shot it decently well. Keyshawn Hall showed some good offensive moves in one-on-one situations, but was bad defensively, couldn't play him. And Jackie Johnson was, I think, the most inefficient player on the team. So what do you have right now with the guys on the roster? I think you have two maybe starters and two maybe bench players, which means in the transfer portal this offseason, Kevin Kruger needs at minimum two star players, and then one other good starter, right? Gilbert. So if your starting lineup is conceivably Keyshawn Gilbert, Luis Rodriguez, and then three players out of the portal, and those three players out of the portal are your best three players, I think you you have a shot there, right? And then you also need some bench as well. Justin Webster, and let's just go with David Mawaka as two of your bench players. You got to have you know probably two more quality bench players to round out your rotation. And so what that means to me, Kevin Kruger roster-wise this offseason – he needs to basically find his three best players and then at least two more quality pieces. Don't have to be stars, but two more quality pieces. So he needs five good players out of the portal and at least two of them. What about the Juco kid? Have got to be special. I don't know much about him. Um, maybe he is good enough to be sort of your third starter. I'd be surprised if he comes in and is like one of the top two starters on an NCAA tournament level team. I would be just because. You're coming from a junior college. Not many guys take the Juco to D1 leap and are great players that lead their team to the NCAA tournament. But maybe he's good enough to be like the number three starter, or maybe he's a quality bench piece, right? I think he probably fits potentially into that realm. Um, But I think that's what Kruger needs. He needs three guys that are his best players, two more quality pieces, five total good players out of the portal. And that's if he keeps Keyshawn Gilbert, Luis Rodriguez, Justin Webster, and Victory Waco around. If he loses one of those, then he needs five, plus he's got to replace them, right? In which you start talking about six or seven that he's got to get out of the portal that are good, right? You can get guys out of the portal, but 
you can't have another Jackie Johnson. You can't really have another Shane Noel. You've got to get good players that contribute right away and for the whole season. The other thing I think Kruger needs to do, he has got to pay more attention to three-point shooting. He has somewhat disregarded that over his last two seasons when he's built the roster. They were ninth in the Mountain West in three-point shooting this year. And here's another fun stat for you. You know, we had three players take 100 threes over the course of the season. Justin Webster took over 100 threes. He shot 46%. That's phenomenal. The other two, EJ Harkless shot 28.6, and Luis Rodriguez shot 29.5% from three. You cannot have two guys shoot over 100 threes in a season and be below 30%. You, you just you can't have that. You're not going to compete in college basketball in 2023 if you've got two volume three-point shooters that can't hit 30%. I mean, they got to be hitting 35% to have a legitimate chance. And the real problem UNLV ran into is they often had three non-shooters on the floor at all times. Harkless was always on the floor. Luis Rodriguez, before his injury, was playing the most minutes on the team, and then whoever they had at center, right? So they had three, three non-shooters. Non- three-point shooters. Yeah, on the floor basically all times, and two of them acted like they were three-point shooters, which is even worse because they were putting them up even though they couldn't make them. And that's where Kevin Kruger has to pay more attention to. He has to build a roster that allows him to put four or, in best case scenario, five shooters on the floor. That's what you need to have in college basketball, and he has not had that, right? He has not paid much attention to shooting. It's Defense has been the priority, not shooting. I think that has to change. You need more Justin Websters than you need more victory Wacos. And until that happens, I think their offense is really going to struggle. And then obviously, he thought he built a really good defense and they weren't really good defensively. If you're going to go the defense heavy route, you actually have to hit on the defense heavy route. Like he thought they were 69th in defensive efficiency this year, which is fine. But if you're going to be this all out defensive first team, you got to be top 25, right? You can't be 69th if your offense is going to lag behind. And so if he's going to go all in on defense, They've got to be much better. He's got to do a much better job of finding those guys. So that's what I think roster-wise Kruger has to do this offseason. Can he do that? I do not think that he can. Why can't, why can't he do it? He hasn't done it in two years. He's got to get his three best players out of the portal for them to be an NCAA tournament-level team. Three. I don't think he can do that. All right. We'll see. And even if he does, because here's the thing. He could get his three best players out of the portal. They might. They still might not be good enough. He got Harkless out of Harkless is a great player. He got Harkless out of the portal. Harkless wasn't, I mean, Harkless was fine, but that wasn't enough to put them in the NCAA tournament. He needs EJ Harkless and then two more players that can shoot. Two more players that are as good as EJ Harkless. I don't think he can do that. Well, it's like we said last year, they needed someone better than Bryce Hamilton. Yes. They, they still need somebody better than Bryce Hamilton to have a shot or three or four guys that are you know, as good as Hamilton, as good as Harkless. Because if you got like four guys that are that good, it'll be like San Diego State, where you're like, well, they don't have the player of the year, but they got four guys that are really good, and right. that'll be enough. So it's going to be really tough. One thing I'm curious to see, Kevin Kruger lost all three assistant coaches last offseason, right? Replaced three them all. three right. completely new assistant coaches. Who went to Power 5 jobs. Yeah, three new, completely new assistant coaches. Are all three of them back for next season? And if, and if not, can Kevin Kruger hire an assistant coach that brings a really good player with him? 
I mean, that remains to be seen. I yeah. don't know if all those three guys are – I don't know them well enough to where if they're going to get other job offers. I'm I don't surprised either. the other three – not surprised, but when you lose three in a year, that's a, you know, oh, that's a surprise. That's, yes. And that's, that's hard. Yeah. That's really hard to lose all three. But when you talk about how do you, how do you get players that are really good, relationships. And so if they have any turnover at the assistant coach spot, is there a potential assistant coach out there? They can bring you a really good player. They can, oh, yeah, come with me. Like, when they got Brandon Chappelle, he came from Lamar, and David Mawaka came with him, right? That was an example of an, they hired an assistant coach who brought a player with him. Now, Mawaka obviously isn't one of those top three stars to take you to the tournament, but that's kind of, I think, what – that's a way Kruger can basically or potentially get a really good player in is through an assistant coach route if that's available. I don't know if it is, but that's one no, way to Well, we don't know if he's going to lose any of the, right. the three. Right. I mean, you would move on from one if you had the opportunity to land a superstar player because you brought on an assistant coach. But uh, that is one area where you can potentially sort of jump the system. Because the problem UNLV runs into, and we talked about this last year, when the transfer portal opens up, they're probably not getting one of the top 50 players in the portal because the top 50 players in the portal are going to better schools, right? The Power 5 teams are in the... It's not just like, oh, UNLV gets to go to the portal and pick. The Power 5 schools go to the portal and pick. And if you're UNLV and, hey, this guy would be a superstar that could take you to the NCAA tournament, oh, 17 Power 5 schools have offered him. Well, we're probably not getting him at that point. So it's part of the issues that he's going to run into. All right. It's a big offseason for Kruger because I do... It, that's that's obvious. It's a I huge offseason. I'm curious to see if it is truly black and white, but I do think there's going to be a... NCAA tournament or fired cloud hanging over the season. And like maybe if they're the first four out and they get the one seed in the NIT, maybe you don't fire them. But I think it's going to be pretty much, hey, if you go to the NCAA tournament, you're the coach here for a while. If you don't, we're moving on and finding somebody else, which means Kruger's got to be all in on what it's. There's no, hey, we're going to develop a few guys and be good in 2026. It's, it's got to be all in for next year, and uh, we'll see how well he can do that, but it's a really, really tough offseason. Coming up next, I don't have any idea. After Tom, who now 10 seconds left, pressure, and sack fumble. That's fumble loose. Is that loose. is loose. And the Vipers recover it. They go out of bounds in the 27-yard line. There's one second left on the clock, and Vegas is going to be able to try a field goal. You're on the elevator up to the press box with Graney and Bischoff. All right. A, uh, I'll, I'll phrase it this way. A very important listener in the past has said, Jared's Dumb Questions is the worst segment that we do. A very important yeah, listener? Yeah. So we're going to attempt Jared's Dumb Questions. Ed, is your mic broken? No, it's fine. Okay, God. It's I good. look over there and you're fidgeting with it like no, it's, it's going to fall down. It's good. All right. It, may, it may need to be adjusted just because it was... Sort of just NASCAR replaced. None of the knobs <laughs> the were row, tightened. So we're going to give Jared a chance with Jared's dumb questions. Um, so basically what I'm saying is you're Kevin Kruger here. The first one better be good. Oh, okay. Have you noticed that since Ryan Reeves left, we've been starting to find bodies in Lake Mead? <laughs> <laughs> Ever since we got rid of the guy who's like forcing people to conserve water. <laughs> Are those the people that weren't conserving water? Well, they when we threatened them, we had a full lake with bodies in it. <laughs> then we got rid of our quote-unquote enforcer, and now suddenly bodies are showing up because these people are like not afraid to wa- water. 
I actually think their water went down more with Ryan Reeves in place. Hasn't it been going down at a slower rate right now than it was before you got traded? Well, I think once the bodies start showing up that, yeah, probably everyone's like, we should straighten up and fly right. <laughs> it's not his thing that annoys the hell out of me. And I'm going off like a one story I read. I don't remember where it was from. It's not us. No, it's not us at all. They're always like, oh, don't change your watering clocks. Us changing our watering clocks has such a minimal yeah, impact. Exactly. It's water that gets um, irrigated for farming yep. and then businesses. Yes. The the percentage yes. that resident, residents use in both Vegas and California and uh, Utah. Arizona Utah. Oh, yeah. is negligible compared to what gets used for irrigating crops right. and for businesses. Now, crops are obviously important, right? We right. need to eat and I don't want to grow my own farm. But change your watering clocks is like one of the most irrelevant things you, do that? you can have. Yes. Yeah, we do. Yeah. I mean, we, we just it. tore out all our grass. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> well, there's that too. We don't have any grass either, but we got like plants or whatever. By the way, slight complaint here. In our neighborhood, our HOA is responsible for the maintenance of the front yard shrubbery. Of you? Yeah. Okay. So, like, there's a landscaping crew that's supposed through. to take care of it they just murder everything they just they just wipe it out everything just gets chopped down to the like bare bones so they don't have to always come back yes yeah. i'm like heavy play i'm like everything looks stupid i don't even like <laughs> there's supposed to be flowers on this i think and i'm just looking at like twigs Shrugs. basically it's brutal so yeah that's what hoa does i've been getting I got two letters on a fine from the HOA that we proved we paid, and we keep getting letters, and it's not good at the household right now. Wait, they're, they're telling you you owe money and you already paid it? We already proved it. Oh. We keep getting the same letter. Man. She's not happy right now. I wouldn't firing be back, either. Firing back responses. With, oh, yeah. With uh, the proof of payment. Oh. I don't even know what we did wrong. <laughs> Must have been wrong because she paid it. I'm completely out of the loop on everything oh. at that house. I have no idea what we did wrong. I'm like, oh, okay, we paid it. I don't know. That no, it's the fact you had to pay. That she's like, no, no, we paid. Oh yeah, we paid yeah. already. She's not going to let that go. Oh, if she's gosh. already paid for something and someone says she hasn't, forget about it. I don't believe I've ever actually had to pay a fine to the HOA. I think we've we gotten did. notices I mean, about things to fix, but we've never had to pay a fine for anything. I think we paid it. We she's had to very... go door to door to get like signatures for some random thing. That was, yeah, a backhoe will be here for three hours. We need everyone to sign this. And, and okay it? Yeah, otherwise, apparently, huge fines. Huge fines. It's all going to be a problem. All right. Your first question was your first question was more of a stand-up routine than a question, but it was good. It was so, good. Okay. so you can continue. All right. Well, the next question is, I found Ed's favorite hockey player of all time. His name is Cameron Hebig. Because <laughs> he's big? Well, no, that's the that's the irony of it. He's not big, but oh, his last not. name is he big. He's like 5'8", 135 pounds. I think he's like five to ten, but yeah. It's... <laughs> and so that kind of like, and I think we've done this a little bit because I would constantly bring up the fact that there once was a defensive lineman named D Liner. Is Cameron he big in the NHL? Uh, I believe so. It's, I'm, I'm looking at his stats on okay. NHL.com. Or is, I was going to say, is this like he's a, a center? He's from. Saskatoon. Took me a second to get Saskatoon out Good correctly. Um, it looks like, oh, he's currently a Tucson Roadrunner. Cameron Hebig has never played in the no, NHL No, I game. have that wrong. Yeah, 
Jared nailed that one. Uh, he had the NHL logo up there, though. Yeah, I've so seen the NHL kind of logo. Yeah. I see the, I see the logo. I'm on NHL.com, and you know, you think that those two things would uh, would correlate. Yeah, Cameron Hebig in 49 games in the AHL this year has seven goals and six assists. Not very big. Yeah, he needs to be a little bit bigger. He needs to be bigger than that. He is 5'10", 183. He's not that big. No, he's not. Cameron Hebig over here. He's a small guy. All right, I'm cutting off Jared's dumb questions. Didn't do bad. but I thought those were good. More importantly, the World Baseball Classic. Team USA plays tomorrow against Great Britain. Great Britain. Uh, 6 o'clock Pacific time start. A.M.? No, PM. 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 It's in Phoenix. So oh, they're here. Okay. Team All USA right. will be on at normal times okay. because they're in our same time zone. Uh, but the games that are not on at normal times in Asia, the videos of the crowd, phenomenal. The cheering. Phenomenal, yeah, right? Japan, cheering. I think, is 2-0. and Otani's going nuts, by the way. He's got like four hits in two games, uh, and he threw like four innings, allowing one hit in one of the yeah. games. Guy's incredible. Uh, Japan's crowd, great. And then uh, Taiwan is playing in it. Yeah. Uh their crowd's unbelievable. Yeah. They got they got cheerleaders on the dugouts yeah. the whole time. They got like mascots that are losing it. They just played a game this morning against Italy. They won eleven to seven. Japan or Taiwan? Taiwan did. Like came back to win too. Phenomenal crowds. When I was at the Little League World Series with Mountain Ridge, it was the same way with Japan crowds. Um, wind shakers, mascots. Uh, craziness in the stands. They brought their amazing. own mascots. They brought the well. I don't know if they brought them, but they they, they found up they, they, they found rented them. They dressed them. up as them. They rented <laughs> them. Um, fans, you know, w- wishing the fans back and forth um, in the air. It was awesome. God, it was awesome. Crowds are great. Yeah, I wonder it what awesome. it's going to be like in Phoenix for USA Great Britain. How many people are going to that? I feel like I should go to that. Should I drive to Phoenix tomorrow? I'm not going to. But you I feel and like Danny I should. You drive to Phoenix to make Danny doesn't bets. drive that far to places, Bets. He goes oh. to the damn Kingman Wash or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> He's in like a ditch place in his bets or something like that. So Ed's mic's broken. We're going to go to break and come up next. Oh, wait. we got to give away tickets first before we go uh, to break. Yeah, yeah, you're George right. Thoroughbred and the Destroyers. George Thoroughbred. George Thoroughgood and the Destroyers are coming Close to enough. Vegas at the Pearl at the Palms. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. You'll win a pair of tickets to go see George Thoroughgood and the Destroyers. Be caller number seven right now at 702-364-1100. Next time you speak up on me, you should do some fact checking. Next time you speak up on me, you should do some soul searching. Next time you speak up on me, I hope you're in a better situation than you're in now where the guys you play with actually enjoy playing with you because they actually think you're contributing to winning. Because it ain't happening right now, champ. Ah, you're not a champ. You're a clown. You're locked in the press box. That was Draymond Green, I assume, still talking about Dylan Brooks. Yep. Um, I did not get to see any of it, but the Grizzlies and Warriors played yesterday, and the Grizzlies blew them out. Uh, But I did see a quote from Draymond Green about Dylan Brooks getting in his face and Draymond Green saying something like, I only get texts when I want to get texts. Oh. And he was like, I didn't get baited into that, but he would get baited into it if I did it to him. Dylan Brooks is Draymond Green, just on a different team. Right. They're the same guy, and Dylan or Draymond Green has spent the last two days being like, I'm so much better than him. And then he's sitting here saying, I didn't want to tech. Well, the sound Jared just played is your teammates don't think you contributed right. to winning. Draymond Green was on a team with Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson. <laughs> what do you think people think about Draymond Green? 
He is Dylan Brooks. I do love the back and forth, though. They have to play in the playoffs. Yeah, I do love the back and forth. And John Moran's got to stop waving gums out. around and play in it. Yeah, beat him by like 20. Wow. John they don't who? have uh yeah, exactly. Well, remember, was it last year when the Grizzlies were like 15 and 2 without John Morant? Yeah. People yeah. are like, what? Yeah. Maybe they're good. They gotta play in the playoffs. I need oh, yeah. these two teams. They hate they're the they only played, two that they hate each other. Last year. Yeah, and they're the only two that actually hate each other. Yeah. Everybody else loves each other too much in the NBA. Let's like the biggest rivalries are like Kyrie versus the media, and then the Grizzlies and Warriors. <laughs> Kyrie versus reality. Yeah, like that's it. <laughs> Like, otherwise, what's the other... Who else hates anybody else in the NBA? John Nobody. Wall trashed the Rockets. They're all but, making a ton of money. Yeah. They're all nice to each other. They don't care. Yeah. It's like, let's... Uh, Grizzlies and Warriors kind of hate each other, so let's go Draymond Green. Keep you Like, him and Dylan Brooks literally going to get, like, ejected from a postseason game. It'll be great. By the way, Draymond Green, who said, I know when I get my technicals... One of the greatest moments in the history of the NBA is LeBron coming back from 3-1 down, and it probably doesn't happen if Draymond Green doesn't yeah, get doesn't ejected get, and suspended. And, as, and he's watching the game from the hotel. Unbelievable, that guy. Yeah. Doesn't have much self-awareness when he's talking about Dylan Brooks. <laughs> doesn't have much self-awareness, period. I'll be honest. I can't wait for him to retire and be on TV every day. Oh, yeah. that'd be He'd be, he'd be good there. He's going to be phenomenal yeah, he'll be, content. He'll be, he'll be great content. Yes. And... He yeah. needs like there's a lot of players in the league like I like LeBron James I kind of don't want to see him retire because you want to see him play. He's LeBron and he's even when he's old he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. Draymond could retire right now and I'd enjoy it more. Right. Like immediately just go to TNT or whoever <laughs> hires him. He'll probably do his own thing because that's what he thinks is better. But I can't wait for that. We're gonna play Draymond clips every day. We're gonna we're gonna have a show just on Draymond it's, and Aaron Rodgers. It's gonna be November twelfth and we're talking about. The Raiders lost to the Chiefs again, and every rejoin, Jared's just going to play Draymond Green sound <laughs> because he's, he's going to have said something absurd from his podcast for an hour. Yeah. And Jared's like, I got a lot of sound. <laughs> be cool if we got that and Aaron Rodgers in Vegas. Oh, yes. This will be the only shows. Can Can Draymond be like assistant general manager of the, of the Las Vegas NBA team? <laughs> when are we getting that? Or maybe the coach? Ooh, the coach. Maybe he'd be the coach. Where you got to do press conferences every day? I don't know if LeBron would hire him as oh. the owner. Make him, okay, assistant coach. Because on on NBA broadcasts, they talk to the assistant coaches in between commercials on like the local one. So let's NBA team in Vegas. Draymond Green is the assistant coach, and we get to hear him after the first quarter and after the third quarter talk to the sideline reporter and give some ridiculous quote about how somebody on their team. Why they stop with the head coaches? Because of pops. Well, no, no. When it's a national broadcast, they still do the head coach. But like, if you were to watch like a local. Uh, like an RSN, they usually just talk to the assistant coaches like before halftime or coming out of the first quarter or something just because head coach doesn't they talk to the head coach all the time on that, whatever. So get the assistant coaches in there and make them talk some airtime. Yeah. So give us Draymond Green, assistant coach on the Las Vegas Vipers on some RSN that doesn't exist right now because. Yeah, by the way, have we gotten an update on that? I kind of been in, I've been in and out. Are we No, did, we have no idea. No. You guys haven't gotten the funding yet to start our own <laughs> no. RSN? No, that hasn't happened. <laughs> right. Once we sell our ownership stakes like the Packers, we will have $48, which is apparently more than AT&T SportsNet and Valley Sports have because they're declaring for bankruptcy. So, if we do this, uh, we're not hiring Darren Millard. 
Oh, in terms of being a... Yeah, for the new RSN of the Golden Knights? Nope. No. Really? Not hiring him. No he's, one who worked at the Brandon Wheat Kings will be involved in our... <laughs> he's got to be nice to me before. if, if we're in Are charge. Are you saying I have to hide behind curtains and not call his name? Yeah, well, no, you can still do that. He's just... Until he's nice to me, he's not our employee. I said his story yesterday. I hid behind oh. a curtain in the press box and screamed his name and scared him. <laughs> one of the what, is, stories. what is going on in that press box? <laughs> it's one of the funniest stories. Is Ed hiding behind a curtain, pretending, you know, acting like a 12 year old, basically. Yes. Ed hiding behind a curtain, freaking people out. Yes. Then the rest of the review journal staff eating. <laughs> well, that's what you do when you're at the press box. Oh. Ben Goats is writing. Never stops. The Mountain West writing. yesterday, Jared. I had three Mountain Dews, two things of chips, another thing of uh, pretzel goldfish. I had they never had, had those yeah, yesterday. They had, those. they had those. That's phenomenal treat. I'll take more pretzel goldfish. Thank you very much, Mountain West.